In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. I had somewhat of a, uh, a vision this morning between Matins and Mass this morning. Um, it was of a mechanism, an apparatus that would come up from the floor and create a podium for me. <laughs> and so I said that to Father Mark, and in, um, in the voice of, of, of our beloved Father Patrick McCauley, the answer was, as soon as your check clears the bank, big boy, we'll get right on that. Our gospel reading, I'll, I'll get to the gospel reading. Our gospel reading, which is taken from the 11th chapter of St. Luke, is amazing, isn't it? It's remarkable. And it's filled with, with wisdom, demon possession, accusations, insults, temptation, and a miracle. But most of all, it is filled with the true blessedness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This text reinforces the fact that throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, he dealt with the dysfunctional issues and problems that trouble mankind. He healed the infirm, cleansed those who were considered unclean, and caused the lame to walk. In essence, the houses and kingdoms of these suffering people were divided. The strong man had invaded their homes. Their lives were not their own. They lived with inner conflict and with turmoil. They were separated from their communities and all that gave them safety, security, and identity. Their outer condition of illness, paralysis, and demonic possession pointed to the inner conflict, the, the battle between health and disease, not just physically, but more importantly, spiritually. That battle and interior conflict has been around since our first parents, Adam and Eve, separated themselves from God and hid themselves among the trees in the garden. And this division and inner conflict continues to be a reality of today's crumbling world all around us. For example, marriage divided is a divorce. A nation divided results in malicious, harmful politics and in the extreme civil war. An economy divided yields poverty. A community divided leads to injustice, prejudice, and violence. Humanity divided in all these things on a global level. Faith divided is sin and separation from God. Now, I'm sure we all know what it's like to live divided lives in one way or another. We know those times when our, our outside behavior and our inner desire don't exactly match up. That's what it means to be a divided house. You're one person at work and another at home. You act one way with certain people in a different way with others. Life gets divided into pieces. Behavior, beliefs, and ethics become situational. There's the work life, the family life, the prayer life, the personal life, and the social media life, just to name a few. Pretty soon, 
all we're left with is the bunch of pieces. And as a result, it seems that we are forever trying to put the pieces of our life back together. And that's exactly what the crowd that gathered around Jesus was trying to do. That's, that's why the religious authorities opposed him. In their own way, they were all trying to put the pieces of their life back together. But they were unable to make the pieces fit. Neither their life nor their world were what they thought they should be or what Jesus knew that they could be. The certainty of their nature was fallen, yes. But a new reality was being offered in Christ Jesus. Friends, our Lord always stands between us as before us as the image of unity, wholeness, and integration. He does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He puts our lives and our houses back in order. Jesus offers a different image of what, might, what life might look like. He does so by revealing the divisions in our lives, the houses that cannot stand, and the trouble in our kingdoms. He does that for our benefit. But even when it is for our own good and with the offer of new life and intended for wholeness, that's a hard place to be. It means that one way or another, change of some sort is coming. And most of us don't like change. This is how the religious authorities from our text approach Jesus. Not with teachable hearts and open minds, but with accusations of him casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. They projected onto Jesus their own interior conflict and division. They declared that which is holy, sacred, and beautiful to be unclean, dirty, and deprived of God. However, their charges actually say more about their own corrupt condition, more than that of Jesus. These accusations reveal the depth of the conflict and the vision that was within them. Their allegations were a way of avoiding the inner struggle that was raging inside of them. Likewise, I think we can all agree that it's hard for any of us to accept and manage the conflicts within our own lives. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the formation of wholeness starts by acknowledging our brokenness and recognizing where our own house is divided. So we need to ask ourselves, just how and to what extent have we created conflict and divisions within our relationships? In what ways do we live fragmented lives, parceling out pieces of ourselves here and there? It means self-evaluating to promise, to determine what is, what is it that shatters our life into these pieces? Is it anger? And resentment, greed, is it insecurity, perfectionism, sorrow, fear, envy, guilt, is it loneliness? There are all sorts of forces, things, events, sometimes even people, which our lives are broken by, 
and through which we are separated from God, others, and ourselves. But Christ is stronger than anything that fragments our lives. He binds the forces that divide, heals the wounds that separate, and refashions pieces into a new whole. There is nothing about your life or my life that cannot be put back together by the love of God in Christ. Brothers and sisters, our faith journey is definitely challenging. We face many temptations and loss as we are surrounded by people whose needs and desires sometimes conflict with our own Christian morality. But with God's help, we can defeat the most persistent sinful habits and walk the path of spiritual harmony. As we look back at the conclusion of today's text, a woman from the crowd called out to our Lord, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. But Jesus corrected her and in doing so teaches us the deeper meaning of this scripture. He says, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. He does not say, blessed are those who hear the word of God once and then forget it or neglect it or stop paying attention to it. But blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, who continually hear the word of God and consistently guard it in their hearts. Pay attention to it, believe it, and hold it sacred. Because where the word of God is heard and believed, there the demons have no power. There Christ reigns with all of his blessings and all of his gifts. Again, this is why we keep coming together here in this God-protected place to gather around Christ's word and sacraments as often as possible because through these means of grace we are drawn into this harmony and relationship with Christ and with each other therefore during this Lenten season and throughout all our lives let us keep the word of God in our hearts and actions let us put our trust in our Lord's promise into the gift of his body and blood and in his divine mercy that our divisions may be united in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. 